Hello, hello, and welcome back to Generation Slay, the podcast where I interview the Gen Z creators, innovators, and entrepreneurs who are absolutely killing it in their fields. I'm your wonderful, tried and true hostess, Emma Habakors. It is lovely to see you all again this week, and let me tell you, we are in for a great one. But first, before I, you know, jump right in, let's let's ease into it. Let's chat. How you doing? I hope you're doing well. I hope this Tuesday or whatever day you're listening to this episode on is doing wonderfully, especially given, you know, all the things happening in the world. In case you care, I will answer those questions myself. I am shockingly doing a-okay. Uh, not thriving in a pandemic, because that would be bold, um, especially as someone who's unemployed. But all things considered, doing pretty good. Gra- glad that I'm graduated, getting some fun clients for different social media, branding, strategy, digital work. Very exciting stuff. Obviously, you know, the podcast, alive, thriving, great. And if you guys did not hear this last week, I got to do a little feature on Adweek's podcast called Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. I will link it down below if anyone's interested in listening, but it was a nice chat with two of Adweek's best editors and producers, as well as Adweek's social media coordinator, who is so good to follow on socials, just separately. Great insights. He's also a Gen Zer, So it was just a great chat about all things Gen Z, marketing, brands, etc. So if you want to pop over, if you want to listen to that, if you want to learn about what I do outside of this little Gen Slay bubble, feel free to do so. But, you know, I'm not going to chat away in your ear this week. We're all in a rush. We're all just trying to get our stuff done, and I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to listen. So, let's get this thing started. This week's interview, it's an amazing one. I have to tell you, this is one of those interviews where my guest is so smart and so technically smart in STEM science fields that I wish I was smarter so that I could have asked more technical questions. But at the end of the day, science ain't my thing. That's why I talk to a microphone in my bedroom every week. Uh, But it's a great interview and she's so smart. She's so amazing. Please, please enjoy this amazing interview all about STEM all about neuroscience and looking at neuroscience through an interdisciplinary lens because, yeah, that's a thing you can do. It's incredible. So, yeah, enjoy. Jump into this interview with Ritika Chaturvedi. Enjoy. Hey, 
Hi, Ratika. I am so, so excited to have you on Generation Slay today. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So just to kick things off, can you tell me and the audience a little bit about you and your background? Yeah. So hello, my name is Ratika Chatterbetty. I am currently a high school senior and residing in Southern California. And my primary area of interest includes neurobiology or neuroscience in general. And yeah. I just have to lead with this question because I've never been a science person. How, by the time you're a senior in high school, do you become interested in that? Like, how, what's the level of exposure you got at first? How did you become interested in this field? Right, so exposure is definitely very important. So I started out like anyone else um, with classes, the classes that I took in uh, late middle school and high school. Um, I've taken challenge, uh, challenging course load each year uh, in high school and it was all science heavy. And um, I sort of developed this interest for neuroscience and I really have no elaborate explanation as to why I like it. I just find it so interesting and um, there's so much scope for improvement in that field and so much that I think I can add to it in the future. Um, and because I plan on doing research, wet lab research in the future, I, um, I use the internet and various other sources to um, find resources and to find things that I can um, use to build on my knowledge of neuroscience. And I've found opportunities um, such as internships or summer programs through which I can further that interest of mine. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I love when people just kind of fall into their interest and something they're super passionate about. And especially when that does happen in school, because so often people have to find and figure out what they love outside of school and then do school on top of that. Um, so you are going into your senior year of high school now, which you're so young. Obviously the world is a little crazy right now as well. So I'm sure that's a little difficult, but you already have this, very distinct idea of what you want to do in the future with neuroscience and wet lab research. So how does that shape kind of what you're thinking of for the future with college, with career paths, with internship? How do you make those decisions? Yeah, so I'm definitely in the process of college research and um, completing college applications, starting on them. So a lot of the choices that I will make will depend on the institution that I attend and the opportunities that are available to me there. And um, as far as occupation is concerned, um, for now, I really do want to go into uh, laboratory research and um, I plan on studying neurodegenerative diseases. Um, and my volunteer experience has shaped um, my my interest in learning more about um, neurodegenerative diseases because I've worked with um, the Alzheimer's Association for about two, two and a half years now. And um, they do exactly that. And they provide um, the community uh, with resources um, about um, resources that help them learn more about the disease and um, how 
people who are actually exhibiting or experiencing um, that disease can um, come to cope with it. And um, as far as the research is concerned, I learned a lot through that organization as well. And yeah, I'll leave everything to the future. I'm quite open-minded uh, about that, but neuroscience is definitely do the domain that I plan on entering. And um, I really um, emphasize the importance of interdisciplinary sciences and how one field can lead to another field and how everything is, nothing happens in isolation and everything is sort of interconnected. And so I, I may um, choose to study or minor in environmental studies because I find that just as interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I love that you emphasize that idea that everything is connected and that each science doesn't just happen in a bubble, because I think, especially nowadays, we're seeing like every aspect of society of science, everything is so deeply interwoven at this point that it yeah. is frankly impossible to approach anything and say, no, this just exists in the lab, just in a bubble and whatever we find in here, nothing else impacts it outside because obviously that's not the case. So I, I really love that emphasis. Yeah. I mean, there's so much you can learn from one field and apply to another field. And so I really don't, you know, cap my interest and put it in a box. I, I'm really open to things. Yeah, I love that. I think that's, that's such an important lesson. Now, you've mentioned you're, you've have had many internships already. You've been working with the Alzheimer's Association. As a high schooler in such a specialized and very experience-focused field, how do you find these roles? How do you get them? Are there any little tips or tricks you could share? Tips? <laughs> uh, well, persistence. Honestly, I've cold emailed professors. I've cold emailed um, teachers and um, event organizers multiple times until they eventually read what you have to say. Um, in terms of emailing uh, professors or um, advisors for internships or voluntary experiences, make sure, just, just be brief because um, I'm sure that you would want them to read your email and that um, you recognize the fact that they are also very busy. And so just be brief, get to the point, um, introduce yourself, bullet point what your interests are and why you want to work with them and just end the email and hope for the best. And of course, no one, um, not everyone is going to get back to you, but um, in the 50 or 60 emails that I've sent, I've had two or three people who've gotten back to me and those are great opportunities. As far as um, like programs are concerned, there are applications everywhere that are aimed at youth and at um, high school, high schoolers. Of course, you would require um, a certain amount of academic knowledge about the um, subject that you're entering or you, you plan on doing research in. So that is definitely a requirement and you can build that in many ways. If you don't have the classes in school, you can build it, uh, build upon your knowledge via um, the so many free courses and resources that there are online. Reading, um, read as much as you can about what you plan on doing and um, you never know what may come of that. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's all I have to say. Just, just keep, keep uh, finding things and, and keep trying. I love that. And I think 
you know, I've done the same thing. I had many years where I would send out, you know, hundreds and hundreds of emails and just the few that I got positive responses from were absolute game changers throughout my life. How do you, though, let that lack of response for so many not kind of get in your head? How do you maintain that persistence over time, even if people kind of maybe don't take you as seriously because you are young? Yeah, so I definitely understand that because, of course, um, they may think that we are quite naive and you know we're we're not obviously we're not as experienced as a PhD student or a professional in the field Um, and you have to recognize that and you have to recognize um, how occupied they may be at the time Um, you've not met them in person so I wouldn't go to judging them in any way and or judging the field or the professionals in the field Um, I think you should just just be confident in your knowledge and the skills that you have. Um, don't allow anyone else to make judgments based off of just the fact that you're so young, um, just the fact, uh, just your age. And um, I th- and think I think your um, your passion for the field that you want to enter in um, should be strong enough to be the sole reason as to why um, you're persisting. Yeah, that makes, that makes so much sense. And I love that message. I think it's super important to, you know, know what your level of experience is and be realistic about that because you're not gonna, you know, put yourself on the same level as someone with a PhD or who's a candidate for a PhD. But at the same time, you know that you do have value and you do have this knowledge and this intelligence and you do have something to provide. So I really love that idea of, you know, keeping that balance in your mind for fellow young people who may not, like you mentioned before, have all of that academic experience in school. Like maybe their school doesn't offer the top APs in science, but they do have this interest. I know you mentioned like doing free courses online or, you know, that kind of stuff, but are there any specific resources or ideas you have for someone who may want to learn more about the science fields, about neuroscience specifically, but may not have the access to it within their educational institution? Yeah, so for, I'll just list out a couple of free resources um, online. Of course, um, Khan Academy is very well known. Um, You can take free Coursera courses online. Um, There are plenty of resources available on um, the International Youth Neuroscience Association's webpage. Um, They're an organization that works to actually mitigate that gap in education and um, they have many free programs and I know that they're running a program at the moment, um, like, uh, like a summer program where they have professors teaching um, and teachers assistants um, um, teaching for free. So that's a great opportunity um, for someone who maybe didn't know about that, you can always apply in the future. And um, try, tr- honestly, uh, try competing in competitions. You never know what you may get out of it. Um, any advice, um, 
if you don't have much experience, any advice is great. So um, it's not about really winning or losing in those competitions or science fairs. Um, you can always go visit and ask those who may be more experienced than you about how they got to where they are. Um, I have a LinkedIn page of my own. I have net networked with professionals in the field and um, undergraduates and graduate students who are currently studying neuroscience and conducting great research on that. And I've asked them how they've, uh, how, um, what sort of opportunities um, sort of changed their life and um, how you can get there. And um, as for ideas, uh, if you don't have much to really, if you don't have opportunities that are available to you, whether that be in terms of classes or internships, or just that too based on location, um, I don't want you to be a victim of your circumstances and rather um, optimize your circumstance and build something of your own. Um, teach others what you know most about. And like for me, although I do have all, all of these opportunities and I'm grateful for them, I began Scientia Pieces, which is um, an online initiative that seeks to evoke an interest in neuropathology and neuroscience via an interdisciplinary lens. And so we have a blog that features um, all sorts of pieces, whether that they be poems or analyses of paintings or photographs. And um, they sort of all come together to form a, um, or like even a scientific piece, and they all come together to form a greater understanding of neuroscience. And I also have Youth of Neuroscience, which is a campaign and interview series that seeks to promote a greater youth involvement and education in the field of neuroscience. And so these things can be done by yourself. And honestly, if you have the drive and the passion, then um, you'll make something work and um, create from scratch. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love those initiatives. I think it's, it's such a powerful approach to, you know, making science more accessible and I can't think of the word, but you know what I'm talking about because, you know, it's yours. Yeah, and to add to that, <laughs> listen to podcasts like these, uh, like Generation Slay, like other podcasts, if you have that access. You never know what you may learn. And um, um, I don't think you should really invest in subscriptions if you can get the same material for free. Mm -hmm. So um, again, YouTube, Khan Academy, podcasts, anything that you can learn from and read, read, read. Something I will throw out there is that a lot of high schools have a lot of database subscriptions that no one uses, but you can actually ask and some stuff on there is really, really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, very underrated resource if you're actually trying to learn. Very boring resource if you're not, but can be super helpful. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just love the work that you're doing. It's, it's really powerful. And I know it's going to make such a big difference. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So unfortunately, because this is a speedy little show, we do have to wrap up. But before I let you go, can you tell everyone where they can find you online, where they can find your work, where they can find all the other projects you're working on? And then I'll also leave the little links down below. Yeah. So. You can uh, find me and connect with me on LinkedIn. 
Um, I prefer to connect there and you can ask me questions there and you can see my work there as well because I update it often. Um, you can, I go by Ritika Chatterjee there as well. And you can, I'll have um, Emma link all of my website sources and um, feel free to get involved. And um, if you'd like to be interviewed for Youth of Neuroscience, if you think that's something that interests you, then you can contact me. And you can also uh, visit Scientia Pieces, the website and um, all of those great resources and get involved and get your work published. Absolutely. I want to see everyone adding Ritika on LinkedIn, looking at everything she does. It's absolutely incredible. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to be on today. I super appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Generation Slay. I really appreciate you taking some time out of your, I'm sure, very busy schedule to tune in, and I hope you'll take a quick sec to subscribe so that we'll see you on the episode next week, and you know, if you liked it, pop down to the review and leave a little comment, leave a hopefully five-star review. It's super, super helpful on my end, um, just because, you know, the more reviews I have, the more it gets pushed out on podcast platforms to other wonderful Gen Slayers who would definitely, definitely learn and gain so much from hearing these interviews. So by leaving a review, by subscribing, you know, you're helping a girl out and you're helping a whole other wonderful community of Gen Zers out as well. So I'm sure they'd appreciate it if you did it too. Until next week, I would love to see you over on our social channels at Generation Slay Everywhere. You'll see some fun motivational content. You'll see some activism now because of the world we live in. And hopefully you'll see some wonderful Instagram story takeovers, Q&As, days in a life from our amazing guests. So if you want to see any of that, pop on over to our socials and I'll see you next week. Bye!